0: Bob Olson here with Afterlife TV. This is where I talk about the big questions you have concerning life and death. You can find this and every episode at AfterlifeTV.com. Welcome everybody to Season 9 of Afterlife TV. Season 9, hard to believe. This comes after a fairly lengthy hiatus that I took. And in fact, I wasn't planning on starting quite so soon we had other things planned, and yet here we are because of the coronavirus. I know that I personally, like many of you, want to be able to help others in some way. We're all going through a crisis together. Without question, this is something that we're doing together. And this show is something that I can offer you. I know there's a lot of musicians out there who are playing music from their living rooms so that you can have a distraction from it all. I can't play music. (laughs) I've tried. And yet, this show is something that many of you enjoy for different reasons. So, this is my gift to you. I'm back early. I'm back for this purpose. And hopefully I have something of value to offer you during this very tragic, really, time. Now, we're still in the very early stages of it here in the U.S. Most people so far have not been able to get tested. Um, Obviously, many have. That's why we have the statistics that we have. But in the next few days or week or two, time will tell we know that the statistics are going to shoot up and it's going to scare the heck out of all of us because before people weren't getting tested or the tests weren't available. And so the, the numbers were low and all of a sudden when they start to rise very rapidly, it's going to be hard to wrap our minds around the fact that, well, this has always been there. We just didn't know because we didn't have the tests. And so one of the things we can do is just try not to get too scared by something that's pretty much inevitable anyways. One thing is for sure that people are confused and people are scared, and I think a lot of the fear is caused by our confusion. Nothing is scarier than the unknown, right? This is why a lot of people fear death and why a lot of people come to Afterlife TV. Insurance companies, of course, have known this for years, and which is why they're so profitable. So what can we do to reduce our fears? That's what I thought I would focus the show on today, especially considering that fear suppresses our immune systems, right? And and so we need our immune systems to be at optimal level, and there is a mind-body connection. So really what I'm going to be talking about today is very mind-body oriented. The first suggestion that I have for you is if you can just stay in the present moment, and that just means today, right now, take the time to sit in gratitude for the blessing that everything's okay right now, if it is. Hopefully that's the case for you. Again, it's early. Many of us, myself included, might have the virus and don't know yet, but instead of getting all filled with anxiety and fear around that fact that I might have it, it's better for me. It's better for my health to sit in gratitude that for right now, I'm okay. Gratitude holds power beyond our ability to fully comprehend. So to sit in the present moment and recognize that, okay, if You and your family are okay today to look at that as a blessing and feel the gratitude, feel grateful for that in this moment. It's good for your mind, it's good for your body. And spiritually, it also communicates to the universe that this is what you'd like more of, right? As if to say, keep it coming, universe. Thank you for our health right now, and please keep it coming. A lot of times when I think of myself as sitting in gratitude or praying, I always think that I'm communicating with my spirit guides, right? Helps me to think of a a single entity or a couple entities that are listening to me as I think in prayer and that they're going to help me accordingly. I look at it as though they're part of our team. And so communicate to your spirit guides, whatever it is that you want, right? And right now, I think health is probably the most important thing that we can do, that we're all safe, that we remain safe. And even if we do catch this virus, that we're going to be okay, right? That's, that's what we want to put in our minds. Now, one of the things that we want to do, though, is even when someone does test positive, we want to try to sit in gratitude for that person's ability to fight the virus. We want to sit in gratitude for their strong immune system. If they're mild, their symptoms are mild, we want to sit in gratitude that the symptoms are mild. And if, heaven forbid, someone ends up in the hospital, we want to feel grateful for the healthcare personnel who are treating that person. We want to We want to just be grateful that there's still healthcare personnel out there who are being so heroic and putting themselves on the front lines, as people are saying, for our benefit, for the benefit of the public. What an amazing thing, there's people coming out from retirement. Now, if they're coming out from retirement, that means they're probably of that age, in that age group where it's more risky for them to be subjecting themselves to this virus, and yet people are doing that. We need to feel grateful for those people, for all of them, and for what they're doing for us. And by feeling that sense of gratitude, by just taking a few moments to sit in that gratitude, it's also good for them because we can try to surround them with protective light, right, protective energy. We can ask that they're protected for their benefit, for our benefit, for everyone's benefit, but it's also good for us because gratitude is only going to make us feel better, feel less fearful. We're gonna be focused on something that's a positive rather than a negative, which is all the thoughts that are making us fearful, right? So these are things that we can do. Feel gratitude in our hearts for all these different reasons and it takes a little bit of effort to do that. It takes time. We have to t- sit down and take the time to focus in a different way. And this means getting away from the TV. And I mean, honestly, I mean, we're, Melissa and I are watching the news as well. Not constantly. We check in. And honestly, I feel worse every time I shut it off. I, what else would you expect, Right. And I, I know this is true for all my friends. Like, oh my goodness, you know, I was fine until I turned that TV on and started watching the news. And now I'm just feeling so fearful, right? I'm scared out of my mind. And and then we have to talk ourselves out of that, right? We have to talk ourselves down and go, okay, they're just giving us the worst case scenario here. And maybe it won't apply to us personally. It's, it's about our society, it's about people as a whole. So, my first suggestion is just to do that. Recognize your blessings, feel gratitude for them, and then we'll move on to number two. Now, before I go to number two, I just wanna say, if you like Afterlife TV, this is always gonna be a free show to you. I've always tried to provide it for you because I think it's beneficial to many people in many ways. And I know that it offers a great comfort when we talk about the afterlife and all the things that I have learned in my, my goodness, 20-year investigation now, the conclusions I have drawn from the evidence that I have seen, I know that gives comfort to those people who are dealing with loss. And I've never charged for it. What I ask, and the reason that I always say that our sponsor today is Best Psychic Directory is because that's my site, bestpsychicdirectory.com. But, you know, there's a little story behind it, and I'm just going to tell it to you really quickly before we move on to number two, that, you know, I don't just do this. This isn't just a way to make a living. This isn't just a way to support the people who I think are doing a wonderful job in helping people with their grief, which is the psychics and mediums. There's more to it than that. I'll just tell you very quickly, you know, when my father passed in 1997, some of you know this story, I became curious about life after death. Then I began investigating the afterlife. And even though I was a private investigator at the time, which is why I got into it, I decided to use my skills as a PI to investigate life after death. I knew nothing about psychics and mediums. Most people didn't. This is the the late 90s. And while medium is a household word today, a lot of people back then didn't even know what a medium was. Well, consequently, I got scammed because of my ignorance about how they work and what I should expect. And I went to the wrong kind of psychics because I didn't even know that I should be looking for mediums in trying to get evidence of the afterlife. So, and I was scammed. Well, today, two, de- two decades later, I've now investigated psychics and mediums for those 20 years. I've worked with a lot of them. I've written dozens of articles about how they work and what to expect. I've taught about them in my book, Answers About the Afterlife. And I've created an online resource that I mentioned that allows you to benefit from my expertise on this subject so that you can get a great reading without having to worry about getting ripped off, like I was ripped off in the 90s. I feel, as you do too, I'm sure, that no one should have to become an expert on psychics and mediums to safely get a good reading. I mean, that's just you know, the philosophical of it all. Sadly, there are websites. Uh, they just simply don't care who they allow to give readings on their sites. It's not about trying to help people with their, either their grief in, in the case of mediums, or when it comes to psychics, we're at a crossroads and we just need some guidance. That's what psychics do. A lot of people, they'll just let anybody give readings on their site. And then there's there's a few sites out there who they say that they test psychics, but they wouldn't know a good psychic from an inexperienced one, from an untrained one, from a bad one. They wouldn't know it. How would they know? I mean, what have they done to make them an expert in such a way that they can test psychics and mediums? And most of these don't even care about ethics, professionalism, things that I care about within their test. And this is why I do what I do. It's because of all that, that I created bestpsychicdirectory.com where you can get an instant reading. You don't even have to wait. You can just get one today. You can go on there. Boom. There's people who are available right now. Or you can get on there. This is what's rare is you can get on there and schedule a reading directly with any of our gifted psychics or mediums, you know that all these people have been personally vetted for you by me. And I monitor these people daily. One of the things that I'm really proud of is that Best Psychic Directory offers reviews that the public, you, have written about your readings with them. We actually have over 12,000 reviews now. (laughs) I had to look it up uh, yesterday and I I was blown away. 12,000 reviews we have now. And this helps you because you can read them and you can see the reason that I put these people on the site because they're amazing, right? And they're helping a lot of people. So it's like, don't just take my word for it. Here's 12,000 people who have (laughs) written reviews about their readings too, So you get to feel safer by getting readings with these people because one, they're on my site. And two, you got the public telling you about their own readings. All right. I just want to say that because if you love this show and you want to find a way to support me, then support the psychics and mediums on my website, bestpsychicdirectory.com. Okay. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Now, number two, if you read my book, or if you read my book, The Magic Mala, you're aware, you're already aware of the influential impact of our thoughts, right? And, and this is, it really explains why prayer is such a powerful practice. So, and in many ways, The Magic Mala is just about that. It's, it's about prayer and, and the power of prayer. So my second suggestion is to pick up your mala beads or your rosary beads or any necklace that has beads on it, and take 10 minutes out of your day to pray. It's even better if you want to do this two or three times a day because so many of us have more time on our hands now. And just allow this exercise to help you to communicate with God or the universe for your protection, right? Uh, It also has a, a calming effect on our minds when we practice this I'll call it prayer, but it's, it's about communicating with our spirit guides, with God, with the universe saying, this is what we want in our life. And I always think it's a great thing to start with expressing your gratitude for your blessings. Begin prayer with that all the time. You don't have to go through all your blessings, but start with some and say, thank you for these things. And now I also would like to mention that I'd like this. Now when you do this, it's really important. It's key that you, when you pray, you pray in the positive, right? So, how do we do this? We we pray for our health. I had a friend recently I was talking to uh, about this and, and and he's a funny guy and he said, "Yeah, because uh I'm not just uh praying for the coronavirus um I'm praying for cancer or anything else. He wants to cover all his bases is what he was saying. You know, he wouldn't want to pray to, to not get the virus and then find out he has cancer. He'd be, ah, I use my prayer for that. <laughs> Anyways, um, I enjoy his humor. We want to keep things in the positive. So if you're praying for health, that's very different than praying for not getting the virus. Do you understand the difference? Praying for health is a positive image. You see yourself as healthy. Praying to not get the virus makes you think about the virus or about getting the virus. That's not something that you want to do in your prayer or your mala practice, as we call it. So it's an important distinction. So if you're not sure how to do this, it's really just simple. So you take these beads, whatever they may be, rosary, mala, or just some necklace that you have somewhere. And and you don't have to do this. I mean, you don't have to have one in order to do this, right? This is just helpful because it allows us to spend more than like 30 seconds on it. It allows us to spend maybe 10 minutes on it. And to me, it's not about the time. It's about the focus. It's about the intensity of the focus. And it allows us to feel feelings and feelings added to thoughts uh, just make them much more potent. But this is what you do. You just you think of what it is that you want. Okay, I want me and my family to be healthy. I want us to remain healthy, great. So let's just come up with something like a word or a phrase that can represent that and we call that a mantra. And so you might say a simple one would be family health. Okay, so when I say family health, what I mean is I want my whole family to remain healthy through this crisis or always. So, you put your fingers, it doesn't matter which fingers, you know, don't get caught up in the details, but just say put two fingers on one of the beads and say family health, and then move to the second bead and go family health, and then move to the third bead and say family health. This is what you continue doing until you get to the end of the beads. Now, if it's a very short, say it's just a, a small bracelet kind of thing, then you could do it a few times. If it's a longer necklace, like Mala beads have 108 beads. So that's going to take you like 10 minutes, you know, maybe, depending on how slowly you do it or how quickly you do it. Some people do it very quickly. Family health, family health, family health, family health. Don't get caught up in the details. Let it be simple. Just, it's a tool for allowing us to take the time to communicate to the universe what it is that we want. All right. Number three. The third thing I wanted to say today is we're social beings. So social isolating, social distancing kind of goes against our nature, (laughs) right? And this is why so many people are having trouble with it. Now, one, they weren't taking this virus seriously. Some people still are not. Especially when you're younger, you feel invulnerable. You feel like you're going to live forever. You you don't really think you're ever going to die and then especially when they're going around telling everybody oh young people are going to be okay so they say oh i can get through this i've had the flu before i'll be fine well aside from the negative messages around that we know it's still very serious because if they get it then they they could spread it to their loved ones who maybe Will be more challenged with the virus, you know, especially where now you can, you could, you can have it, you can have the virus for two or three weeks without even knowing it before you get any symptoms. And then how many people are you spreading it to, right? So social isolating, social distancing is what it is that they're recommending. And it just makes sense, but it does go against our nature. We're social beings. So here's my suggestion get away from the TV and pick up the phone call your friends, call your family members instead. It's a good time for any of us to learn how to use Zoom, Skype, or FaceTime. I, <laughs> I've i done Zoom, but only when someone sent me a link, so it was real easy to do. I'm not even a member of Zoom. I'm sure they're overwhelmed there with people signing up for Zoom. Uh, I did Skype. I did all the interviews on Afterlife TV using Skype. And then of course we got FaceTime and whatever else, depending on the kind of phone you have. Learn how to do that and it can be even better. You can actually see your loved one. You can see your friends who are on the other end and you can have a conversation with them. Melissa and I have done this a couple times now where we'll connect with friends on the phone Uh, So far, we've just done it on the phone, but video would have been even better. And uh, our friends are on the other side and we're just as if we got together for the night because we're not getting together at restaurants anymore and we're staying away from each other. And so we're doing it this way. And we did it last night with a friend whose birthday it was. And we just chatted for a while and had a good time as if we were together. Yes, it's not the same thing, but I'll tell you, it's a lot better than not connecting. And it's important that we connect. If not for you, think about the person on the other end. Think about, they might not have a lot of friends or family members who are calling them and connecting with them. Check in with them, just see how they're doing. Talk about anything. You don't have to talk about the virus, I recommend you don't. (laughs) Try to lighten the situation because certainly it's on all of our minds. Talk about lots of different things. Talk about good things. Have some laughter if you can. That's my third recommendation. So number four, my fourth and final recommendation is let's not forget what a powerful healer connecting with nature can be. So now, Melissa and I can do this. We live in Maine. There's a lot of forest around. Many of you live in the suburbs, so it's easier. Even if you're in the city, there's parks and trees and rivers around If you can still keep a good distance, there's not many people out right now. Even in Times Square, I saw it's a ghost town. So if you can get out into nature, if you have a little backyard, certainly if you can go take a hike through the woods or something, it's wonderful to connect with nature again. You're not going to get a virus from hugging a tree, (laughs) bring that tree hugging thing back. Whatever it takes. We have the ocean nearby as well, so a lot of people can enjoy the ocean uh, if you live on the coast. A half hour spent looking at trees or fields or rivers or the ocean can bring a smile to your face. It's good for your health. It's just good for your overall well-being. I was talking to someone recently about looking out the window and watching two squirrels uh, at one time, chipmunks at another time, playing together. And dogs are wonderful for this. You know, if you have the opportunity to watch any animals playing together, even chipmunks or, or squirrels, again, it, it's going to lift your overall energy. It's going to lift your frequency. That's really what it's all about. We want to. We are vibrating beams of energy, and we want to raise that vibration. We want to raise the, our frequency because it's good for us, and it helps with our health. So it's good for the soul, as they say. If you can't get out into nature, there's certainly a lot of videos online. I just retweeted on Twitter a video where there's some dogs uh, jumping into leaves. <laughs> it, was, it just brought a smile to my face, to Melissa's face. Uh, I thought that can't be a bad thing to share with other people. And um, it's actually kind of long but it's certainly well worth it. So in relation to the first suggestion that I had for today, which is about living in the present moment, I have a story that explains the importance of it. Why? Why is that such a powerful suggestion? I've told this story before on Afterlife TV, and some of you might remember it. I know when I told it the first time, I had a few listeners say to me, they emailed me or commented uh, on social media, I'm glad I listened to the whole story, but I was ready to just stop listening because it was kind of hard to listen to um, for a little bit. And then I found out everything's okay. So I'm just going to spoiler alert a little bit here that you can listen to this. Everything's okay. All right. So I'll ruin the story in that way because you won't have the suspense of it all, I guess. But I don't want anybody having to deal with undue undue pain and suffering, uh, because I'm going to tell this story and then that'll be the end of the show. But I think you'll enjoy the story because it has a great message at, at, at the end. All right. I wrote this years ago, by the way, and it's about our dog Libby who passed three years ago and it wasn't because of this story. (laughs) Okay. So don't worry. Um, One beautiful summer day, Melissa and I took our Labrador Mix Libby for a walk down our favorite dead-end road. It's the perfect street for dog walking since half the road has woods or ocean marsh on either side and the other half is planted with beautiful beachfront homes owned by people who ironically live in other states (laughs) and often never, never go there. As a result, the street has very little traffic even in the summer. We were walking back to the car when Libby decided to venture off the road and onto a path in the woods, so we followed close behind her. Uh, Melissa and I were about to go on vacation for a week without her, so we were trying to get in as much Libby time as possible. The path went into a wildlife sanctuary, so it's a peaceful, wooded area. We didn't have time to go far because the sun was starting to set, but we let Libby venture about 25 feet up the path. Melissa said to me, I love watching her sniff around and enjoy herself as Libby began pawing at some leaves and investigating with her nose. And then suddenly a metal spring-loaded trap snapped shut on Libby's front paw. Libby immediately started screeching in pain and trying to run away, but the trap was chained to the ground so she couldn't escape. Worse, every time she pulled her paw, the metal trap clamped tighter, causing her to panic and squeal all the more. Melissa and I couldn't believe our eyes. took my mind a few seconds to acknowledge what was happening. I thought, a trap hidden under the leaves? Is that even possible? Is it legal? We frantically dashed to Libby's rescue, who was now wailing in pain. Melissa put her arms around her, trying to get her to stop pulling away from the trap. I quickly tried to open the contraption with my hands, but the springs were so strong I couldn't pry it open by just pulling on its clenched jaws. So I began looking for some kind of lever or switch that might release it. I glanced at Libby's paw on the clutches of this cold hearted appliance. Her toes were being crushed and I feared that the damage inflicted by the teeth of this device might be permanent. All the while, I was having visions of rushing her to the emergency clinic, which was located 45 minutes away because all the vet centers were closed by this hour, as well as thoughts of her not being able to walk on her bandaged paw for months. What are we going to do? I thought to myself, well, we can't possibly go away on vacation now. As I investigated the trap for a release button, Libby panicked and began shrieking at the top of her lungs again, further pulling on the trap and chain. Melissa calmed her one more time by hugging her tightly and talking to her quietly. At this point, I was angry with myself for having no idea how these devices work. All I could see was one possible lever on the opposite end of where Libby's paw was jammed into this mechanism, so I pushed down on it really hard and the trap opened a tiny bit although we still couldn't get Libby's paw out of its clutches. It seemed to have eased some of the pressure. It was at this point that I noticed that the trap didn't actually have any teeth. It was just a nasty clamp, but with no claws. Thank God, I thought to myself. Having found the lever on the side of the trap, Libby was now calm, but obviously still in pain and the metal jaws were still crushing her paw. Her nails were all jammed together like one big claw. As I held down the lever, which required all my strength, Melissa called the police on my cell phone. The desk clerk was little help by phone, but I held hope that a police officer might know how to open this damn thing when he or she arrived. Melissa stayed on the phone with the police clerk while holding Libby to keep her still. The clerk told Melissa that traps are still legal, but are carefully regulated, and she didn't think that it should be located in the middle of a path. Libby, now possibly in shock, decided to lie down. As she moved her position, I could finally see there was another lever under her paw, located on the other side of the trap. At the risk of making things worse, since I had no idea how much pain it would cause her, I grabbed both levers and pressed down with all my might. The trap opened, and released Libby's paw. Not knowing how badly injured the paw was, Melissa kept Libby lying down. Still envisioning a long night at the emergency hospital and a long road to recovery, I ran to the road to guide the policeman as I could see his car arriving through the trees. As he and I hurried back up the path to where Melissa and Libby were waiting, I saw that Libby was now sitting upright, actually putting pressure on her right front paw. I was amazed. In fact, we were all amazed. It was a really good sign. Cautiously, we encouraged Libby to stand up and try walking, although I was scared to death of the pain it might inflict. I could tell from Melissa's facial expression that she feared the same. Astoundingly, Libby was able to walk. Heck, she didn't even limp. In fact, as we all reached the road, you would never have known she'd been traumatized. Instead, Libby skipped around, completely happy that she was free. She even flirted with the police officer. We got home, and Libby went right to bed. We checked her PAR out immediately and again the next morning, but she seemed to be okay. I'm sure she had some pain, yet going by our vet's phone recommendation, we wiggled all her digits, and nothing made her flinch. Miraculously, nothing was broken, though we all felt the emotional trauma of that incident for a while. The experience was a lesson for me in staying in the present moment, my own personal distress, during the incident was surely made worse by my projecting into the future. Had I stayed in the present moment only, I wouldn't have seen Libby suffering during the 45 minute ride to the animal emergency clinic. I wouldn't have envisioned the teeth of the trap piercing the toes of her little paw. And I wouldn't have imagined her limping on a bandaged paw for weeks or months, barely able to make it outside to go to the bathroom. If I had kept my imagination at bay, by remaining in the present moment, I would have experienced 15 or 20 minutes of trauma and it would have been over. On the contrary, I experienced hours of stress on the way to the clinic and at the clinic and weeks of stress at home during Libby's recovery. Yet none of that really happened. None of it was real. Sadly, the body and mind doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's imagined. Physically and emotionally, we react just as equally to both traumas. And as a result, we suffer unnecessarily and therefore our stress levels increase. All because we haven't learned how to stop projecting into the future of what might happen. Living in the now is an idea worth practicing. In fact, it's so easy that even a dog can do it. Thank you for listening, everybody. I appreciate it. I hope some of these ideas will help you in some way. I hope you're safe. I hope your families and friends are safe. (sighs) Ah. I know this is tough. We'll all hopefully get through this together. I know that a lot of people are stepping up and showing kindness and love and generosity in ways that they didn't even know was inside of them. (laughs) That's one of the things that crises, traumas, tragedies like this bring out in people. One of the things that I know a lot of people have been writing to me about recently is That they've gone back to my book, The Magic Mala. The Magic Mala is one of those books where nothing bad happens to anybody, any of the characters. There's a lot to learn, but it's also just a a feel good kind of book. I just want to recommend it. You know, if you feel like you need something to read that isn't going to negatively affect your nerves, because we got enough of that going on just want something nice to read, maybe something that'll bring you back to a place that you need to be to help with your health and lower your anxiety and stress, check it out on Amazon, or you can go to my website, BobOlson.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be in touch soon. Thanks. Bye. Mm -hmm. that's another episode of afterlife tv thank you for joining us please like us on facebook twitter and youtube or sign up for our newsletter at afterlifetv.com so you don't miss our next episode see you next time